Aim a Little Higher, episode 23. And it is my absolute pleasure to present this episode. I'm so proud to do so because I got the opportunity to introduce and interview my own younger brother, Akeem Ellis Hyman. So enjoy this episode. Let's get it started. And here's a little taster of and here's a what little he does. taster of Every Saturday to help turn your potential into result results. I know you're gonna dig this. Introducing your host, he was an Olympic torchbearer, Pete Jones's National Entrepreneur of the Year, and motivational speaker, Kamal Hyman. Welcome to the Aim Little Higher podcast. It's your boy Kamal Hyman, and it's my absolute pleasure to introduce. Today's guest. Today's guest is a passionate young performer who has turned his dreams into a reality, studying three-year musical theatre course in Essex. At the age of 16, after going to a musical theatre taster day, he decided two weeks before the start of term to not take his chosen A-levels and left home to live independently to study a two-year foundation course. Hard work and perseverance resulted in him being offered places at the most prestigious performing arts schools in Europe, such as the Erdang Academy, Lane Theatre Arts, Mountview Theatre Arts, and the one he actually chose, Performers College. He's now full-time training, dancing, singing and acting every single day, and has recently been appointed the student rep for his year for the next three years. It is my pleasure to introduce today's guest and my younger brother, Akeem Ellis Hyman. Akeem, welcome to the show, bro. Hello, hello. Thank you very much. Wicked, <laughs> wicked introduction, wicked. Hey, you earned it, man. So, <laughs> I'm reading Thank it back you. like, damn, really? Is that you? Forgetting it. Do you know what I mean? How are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, I'm really enjoying myself. Thank you. It's awesome. Before I even start the interview, I've got to get a massive shout out to you and Callum for, <laughs> for, your, love performance, that. <laughs> for your performance because that was amazing. Thank you very Absolutely much. Absolutely amazing, man. Like, you two shut it down. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, massive shout out for that. But, yeah, that was powerful. How did you find it? Um, basically, we were just trying to think of a song for both of us because he's got quite a, like, warm, rounded voice type. And I'm, I've got quite, like, a R&B slash falsetto kind of voice type. So it's about finding a song that would show us both off. So then we were just experimenting and experimenting and then we found this one and we did a chorus and we're like, yep, that's the one. <laughs> it just clicked instantly. That's the one. Yeah. Powerful, yeah. powerful. So today with this interview, what we want to do is kind of give people who are listening and you know loving what, what you actually do, give them a chance to see behind the scenes and kind of how it comes to happen. Uh, it's okay. all about meeting the person behind the brand. So, you know, Aim A Little Higher is all about setting solid foundations. And we say, don't chase your dreams. Build them. <laughs> hey, that's it. So tell us about your foundation. Let's start right at the beginning. 
Um, and tell the audience what you were like as a young child. Ooh, as a young child. Um, I'd say I was quite adventurous. Like, I always wanted to do something, like whether it be just exploring some fields or just getting up to no good to see what I can do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was quite competitive as well. <laughs> okay. So we used to go out and go to bowling or golf and stuff, and when I wasn't winning, I wasn't very happy at all. <laughs> <laughs> very tantrums. Yeah, it got a bit bad, actually, and we had to calm it down a lot. But since then, <laughs> got a lot better. For real, for real. And yeah. For those listening, obviously, you end up a performers now. But what education route did you take? And I know halfway through, your decision kind of changed. So can you just take us through your education route? Yeah, um, so I did my GCSEs. I did drama, German and history as my chosen subjects. Okay. So I did those. I did quite well in my GCSEs. I didn't get any C's. I think it was like seven B's and two A's. Okay. So I was quite happy with my grades. And then I got the choice of staying um, there to do my A-levels. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I talked to like the career advice guy and he said to, you know, try and tailor some of your A-levels towards what you want to do. So I was going to do like drama, dance, and English language and philosophy at the end of the day as well. Okay, wow. But um, then I just suddenly, I was just going through Facebook, and my friend posted about a taster day at this place called Stageworks. Okay. So I just went there for the day, and I looked at my friend who was with me, and I went, do you know what? I want to do this full time. Wow. <laughs> and then asked about auditions. The guy literally thought I was joking. He didn't really pay much attention to me, to be honest, <laughs> like at the time. But then... I called up the next week and he got me an audition day that week. Okay. And then, so what, at the taster day you asked for an audition he thought yeah. this guy's messing around? Yeah, literally. <laughs> How weird. Yeah. But then obviously you called back and he was like, okay, this guy's serious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me and my friend both went back and then we auditioned and then we got in. Boom. I think already, before we even move on, for the listeners there, he said he wanted to audition and the guy didn't take it seriously initially. So he waited a week and called back again. And that's powerful because a lot of people would have saw that reaction and be like, oh, okay, they obviously don't want me in the course. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And shut it down there and just gone on with their first option. Whereas you said, actually, no, I want to do this. Let me call them back. (laughs) It's a powerful stuff. Cool. So you did that and that was two years, right? That was two years. So I lived independently from home. So lived with students in the student house, learned how to wash, learned how to clean, learned how to cook. Now, Live what independently. was that like? Because typically, people only start living independently if they go to university. Yeah. Typically. So that's, what, 18, 19 years old before that happens. Whereas you start living independently at 16? Yeah, 16. What was that like as a 16-year-old to move out of your house and into, you know, your mm. own place? What was that like? I don't... It was quite weird, but it wasn't, like, really... It was quite scary, but it was quite natural at the same time. It felt right. Like, the people I met were the soundest people I've ever, like, come across. So I was really lucky then and they're life friends now. But it was just really chilled. And I don't know, I just learned step by step, day by day, how to do things, like, for me. Like, at the start, my friends would do my washing. And then I'd learn <laughs> how to do that. So and mum would bring back, bring meals in, like, every Sunday. <laughs> so I'd be stocked up for the week. And I just gradually got more and more used to it and... Okay, and eventually grew into it. Yeah. And were you scared at first? Because, like I say, to do it at 16, when most people wait till they're at least 18. Yeah, I was definitely scared at first, to be honest. 
I thought, how the heck am I going to cope? How did you cope with the like self-discipline? Because I think that's the biggest challenge if people move out into their own place. And you hear it all the time. People go to universities and they just stay up all night with their friends and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then their craft, whatever they're studying, kind of feels the, <laughs> feels the punishment of it. How did you manage as a 16-year-old in your own place, living with just friends, <laughs> to actually go to bed like <laughs> at any point yeah. and wake up on time and get to class on time for two years? How did you find that? It sounds weird, but I think that I'd kind of been getting my body used to working hard and training myself at quite a younger age. Like when I was about 14, 15, I felt like I wanted to lose a lot of weight. So I used to go jogging at 5am every morning and then I started doing insanity. So I started training my body without realising to um, kind of follow my passion and keep active, do you know what I mean? Wow. So when I got to Stageworks, it was kind of halfway there so I kind of built on it um started stretching with my friends like every day started doing more exercise and I was really kind of prepared for it so it wasn't too hard to get into the system of it if you know what I mean powerful that reminds me of a Will Smith quote he said uh, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready yeah and <laughs> that sounds like you get it now <laughs> exactly funny. on the head because you're already getting in shape already looking after yourself and being very committed with it by the time the opportunity arrives, which you didn't even know was coming, but the opportunity yeah, I didn't realise. <laughs> and you were there. So whereas like a typical person would have been like, oh, damn, I, I need to start doing some push-ups or start jogging. Yeah. You were actually like, oh, I've been doing this for two years, but now, now I've got a bigger reason. Yeah. Powerful stuff, powerful stuff. So you did that for two years, and that's instead of sixth form, right? Instead of sixth form, so instead of my A-levels. It was a B-Tech level three, which is technically equivalent to about two A-levels. Okay. Sweet, but a lot more practical. Yeah, a lot, a lot more practical. So you'd be going in from nine o'clock and you'd be finishing at like five, six every day physically. Wow. So it's quite hard. Wow. And then after that, what happened? After my two years? Yeah. So my second year, I started auditioning out because it's a audition preparation course. At the end, you audition for colleges in London, in Essex, in... Just everywhere about England, really. Two years of audition preparation. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, typically, though, and I think a lot of people have this misconception, if I want to audition for a stage school, I just call them and say, hey, can I have an audition and I come in nah. next week? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, you've, got to do, you've got to do quite a lot of graft before. You've got to get your songs ready. You've got to get your monologues prepared. Because if if I just went to a college and didn't really know what I was doing, then five nine times out of ten, I'd pick the wrong song, I'd pick the wrong monologue, I'd have the wrong dance solo. So it was really good to understand what I needed to do first. Wow. Powerful, powerful. And again, for listeners, it's, it's all just coming back to getting ready. Yeah. Doing that prep work and, and making sure that when the opportunity comes, you're in that right place to take the opportunity head on. Rather than, oh, there's auditions next week. Let me start getting ready. <laughs> yeah. Ah, powerful, powerful. So now you're at performance. And how long is that for? Uh, performance is three years. Okay. And then it's into the world of work. Into the world of work. Yeah. It's funny you say that, say it like that. <laughs> into the big wide world. Definitely. Ah, powerful stuff. So yeah. right now you're just, again, building up, building up, building that personal brand of yours and getting ready to take it on. Yeah, just in... 
enjoying first year and getting a technique ready. It's like I worked all this way to get there and now they basically strip you back again. Wow. So you need to learn your technique step by step by step and just do everything again. So it can mold you into their performer. How do you deal with that as someone who for two years has dedicated their life to their fitness and their health, then spent another two years dedicating themselves to mastering the art, mastering the dance, mastering the singing, the the different styles, the monologues, to then get into one of the (laughs) best places and them to say, actually, we're stripping you back, back to basics, start again, let's rebuild it. How does that, how do you deal with that? Um, It sounds, it's it's quite funny because you don't, it's quite, Basically, you go back to basics. It's quite hard at first because you think, "Oh, I've already, I've already, I know how to do this. I've been taught this for two years." But then you don't realize how much more fundamental everything is. Like you think one movement, okay, I've learned that, cool. But then you go back to it and say, "What's my body supposed to be doing at this exact moment? How am I supposed to feel? What's what's supposed to be a result of me doing this?" And you think a lot more deeper about everything. Wow. You think deeper about singing, about acting, like what you're doing, where your character's coming from, why he's doing that. It just gets a lot deeper. How do you put your ego to the side in that <laughs> situation? I mean, spent, like you say, four years getting ready. You you really do really well on the auditions. You get offers from everywhere and then you get to this place and they're like, cool, stripping it back. How does how does your ego not kick in and say, do you know what, actually, guys, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> what yeah, do you mean strip me back? This is me. How, how did you deal with that? Or was there just no ego and you just humbled yourself? How did How did you approach it? Um, yeah, a bit of both. Obviously, not. I haven't got a big ego, so I was quite humble. But you just got to think, you've got to put your trust in their hands. Okay. Like I'd be doing stuff, and teacher would be like, "Okay, if you do it like this," and then I'd be like, "But, but I've been not taught to be. I've not taught to be taught like this." And they say, "You've got to trust us." And then you think of their graduates and what they're doing with themselves in the industry now, and you think, "Well, they obviously know what they're doing, and what they're teaching you is vital." So you just kind of swallow it, learn it step by step again. And then you'll be better than you was before. Powerful. That's a massive one for our listeners. When you guys get the opportunity to be around experts in their fields or, you know, mentors, coaches and stuff, and they're telling you stuff, you need to take that ego and leave it at home and be able to just humble yourself and say, do you know what? Let me trust in this person. Let me trust in this system and come out the other side better. And I think that's a fantastic example of it. So, yeah, powerful message, powerful message right there. Now let's go right back. Obviously, you're on the course now to to getting into performing, but let's go right back. What was your first job? Ooh, my first job. That's funny. Um, actually, it was at the bowling alley. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like brother, brother. Um, Literally, yeah, I was doing uh, the party hosting, so helping out the children with their parties and acting a fool, basically okay. dancing and singing about. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got promoted, kind of promoted, to a receptionist. Okay. So I used to do that every Saturday and Sunday. So I've done that. I did that for quite a while, actually. Maybe like a year and a half, two years. Okay. And how did you find that? Knowing what your, your passion was about performing, how did you find working in a job like that? Ooh. I kind of found it a bit frustrating because I thought that it's not where my skill set is. Like I, I loved the reception because I got to talk to people and it was really good for me and getting my confidence up and everything. 
But it was kind of frustrating because I thought, well, this isn't for me. I could be doing so much more things. Like, I'd be dancing on the reception. I'd be singing, walking <laughs> places to places. And I thought, well, why am I doing it here when I could be doing it full time? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I love that you brought some of it with you anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in this situation. Let me make it more entertaining. Can you think of any significant or surprising achievements that at the time might not seem like a big deal, but they've actually helped you on your journey? Ooh. Hmm. Um, when I was younger, I'd say about eight, seven, eight, I was in, in London. I was involved in this thing called Stepping Time and I got the role of Oliver. So I sung Where Is Love when okay. I was really little. And I think that could have been like the, one of the first times I was on stage and a big solo in front of like a big audience and I kind of felt a buzz. Mm. And I mm. kind of thought, hmm, maybe I could do this for the rest of my life. For real. Yeah. <laughs> and got a better part than your, your older brother. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to mention that, actually. <laughs> for real. But yeah, but being on that stage, because that was a big stage, to be fair. Yeah. And you think that just gave you a flavour of it and you fell in love with it then? Yeah, because then I started performing a lot. Like, I did the my uncle's wedding and sung Where Is Lovers again and mm. just got into more, got into that um, industry quite a lot and did more, like, after-school clubs and stuff like that from that age. Powerful, powerful. And for <laughs> for the listeners, I was worried there, I'm not going to lie. When I asked what the significant or surprise achievements, <laughs> I was worried he was going to say, when I was younger, I jumped off a cliff in Jamaica. Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, <laughs> and I was scared. But, but for the listeners, you can get told about it anyway. Might as well. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it real. Go on. Well, basically, <laughs> on a family holiday in Jamaica, I think it was about five, six years ago now. Yeah. So yeah. I was young. You're um, considerably older, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're in Negril at um, Rick's Cafe. And there was a cliff that was about 70 foot off the water and you could see the most beautiful water. We got there, everybody was jumping in, jumping in, flips, pencil, whatever. And we went from the bottom ledge, which is about 10 foot, and I jumped in there and I worked. I enjoyed and that bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. That was cool. The whole family were involved. <laughs> so I went from the 10 foot and I thought, okay, 30 foot. Cool. I think about 35 foot, cool. And then there was 60 and 70, and I thought, do you know what? Let's go for 70. Where were you, Kamal? Huh? Where were you when I was at 70? Uh, I, was, I, 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 was up, I was up at the 70. Like, 10, I, I think. I was, I was stood up there. Yeah. Um, like, away from the edge. Yeah, so I think on my first time, I just thought, let's go. Jumped straight off. <laughs> and then I just remember looking up and just remember seeing you... Started to go, <laughs> pulling back. Started to go, pulling back. <laughs> got to the, got, got out of the water. Got climbed up the ladders, and you still hadn't jumped yet. <laughs> so I jumped again. And I think I did that about five more times before yeah. you actually jumped. <laughs> yep, and I, I didn't even jump from that. I went down to the sixty. Uh, uh, let me, let me go. Maybe you should admit it, man. Let me go to the second ledge. Uh, yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't bring it up. You didn't. Then I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, do you know what? I've got to give the listeners the truth. See. For real. That was... Yeah, and I think that is a surprising achievement in a way because it just shows your attitude of, let's just go for it. Let me not yeah. think about too much. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy doing it. So I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, was, was amazing. And Whereas you were looking at all the... Listen, <laughs> I was like, look... This is a high cliff, okay? 
Like, I can't fly. I'm a pretty good swimmer, but yeah, all sorts of things were going through my head, man. And I think I talked myself out of it so much. Yeah. And I think that's a massive message for the people. Like, sometimes find something you love and just go for it. See what it's like. Whereas if you talk yourself out of it, you can literally convince yourself of anything. And I'm watching people jump. I'm watching my own younger brother jump, my sister, my mum, my dad <laughs> jump. And I'm still there like, nah, this could be scary. So, yeah, massively. Just go for it. Have that. Have a Keynes mentality like it was on the cliff. Uh, do you remember the exact moment when you discovered your passion? Like, was it that step in time or was it, did it happen again afterwards? I don't think I can pinpoint it to one exact moment. Okay. But um, when I went to see a show that some of my friends were in, like, I was angry. Sounds really weird. Mm. I loved the show. It was amazing, but I was angry. I was like, why are you angry? It's like, because I don't want to be sitting on this side. And from then on, I kind of thought, that's where I need to be. Wow. So it's quite a weird quite a weird one, because I was happy, but I was angry because I wanted to be there. So then I got involved, joined the local club, I think, that at that point, and just started doing more and more. Powerful. I love that. I was watching it and I got angry. <laughs> but just the thing of knowing you're capable of doing something and watching other people do it, but knowing you could be doing it just as easy. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Now, did you ever set like a, a vision for yourself? Did you ever say, you know, I want to be on the West End or I want to be on... T was there ever like a vision mm. or was it just, I love this and I'm going to keep on doing it and see where it takes me? Um, there was definitely a vision. When I was younger, I always wanted to be an R&B singer. That, that was the goal. I wanted to go on X Factor. And for my final, I wanted to sing Yeah. <laughs> and the X Factor final. I always, always imagined that in my leather jacket and you'd come and sing the rapping part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as a, as a child, I definitely wanted that. And I even when in, my, in, my, in year seven, I asked my teacher to create a picture that was of me saying live on stage. And I put that on my wall, so every morning I'd wake up and see that, and that was that was a dream. Whether it's performing or musical theatre, I knew I wanted to be on stage. Ah, oh, powerful guys! Listen, he got the picture of it and put it up on the wall. We see it every single day. So vital. Absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Now, normally I'd go on to the steps you took, but I think you've explained it pretty well. From fourteen, well, from what six or seven, you started actually yeah. singing. And performing. Yeah. And then just, is it, did you just take opportunities from there, I guess? Uh, yeah, to be honest, I got involved in the school's production, every school production I was in. I got involved with the after school drama. I got involved with the key youth theatre. Anything that was performing, really. Powerful. So the message there is get involved. Yeah, just do what you do. If, it, if you enjoy doing it, just keep doing it. Don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I thought of the, bigger picture at the time I just thought I'm really enjoying it let me do more and get more and get more knowledge from here and then all of a sudden it was I want to do this for my life yes oh I love that I didn't think of the big picture at the time I was just enjoying it and it's powerful because I got so many students I'm like what do you enjoy what's your passion I, I don't know and it's like damn just do stuff you enjoy now yeah and later on when it comes to building your personal brand you can look back and say oh my gosh hold on I did this 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 I'm noticing a pattern here and then use that experience to move forward. Yeah. Like yourself, you went back and said, hold on, I sung in every school play, I sung at my uncle's <laughs> wedding, I sung at Step In Time. I've been working on my body for the last two years. I'm in shape. I love music. I love that. I love being on stage. 
and it was never planned out at the beginning but actually now nah. it's like wow I've put in a lot of I've built a solid foundation that I can now build my dreams from so that's massive yeah we're going to go into the rapid round cool I'm going to fire a bunch of questions at you answer as honestly as you can bring it on so what time do you wake up quarter to seven every morning okay What's one thing you do in the morning to guarantee a productive day? Have a bowl of porridge and tea. <laughs> okay. Porridge and tea? Yeah. What, why that combination? Mm, so, well, the, the bowl of porridge is like warm oats, just gets you fuel for the day. And then the tea is because I want to have a hot drink every morning. So it just kind of fit in together, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. And if you miss that, you find the rest of the day hard. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Interested. If you could be any animal, which would you be and why? Ooh. Maybe an eagle. Oh, why? Because I could just fly and wherever I go, people respect you and you're just chilling, really. <laughs> nice. The, the automatic respect you get when you see yeah. just soaring. What's your favourite dessert? Chocolate fudge cake. Mm hmm, mm hmm. Mm. Preach. Name... Every day. <laughs> Name one thing you couldn't go without. Music. Oh, love that. Music, 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 definitely. That's a scary thought, you know, a world without music. Yeah, it's crazy. Gosh. I've been I've been collecting music since I was young. I just can't imagine not having music in my life. And you DJ as well, don't you? We even mentioned yeah, yeah I I've DJed for about six, seven years. Yep, I remember you first started. I used to put on events at local clubs for under 18. Yeah. And you DJed <laughs> every single time. In fact, I started off as a DJ and I gave yeah, you like you start... 10 minutes. And he just smashed it. And it that was, was like, the one. <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to stop. Yeah. Yeah, so, I was DJing for quite a while. And then I've got to like proms and weddings and stuff. So it's weird. Everything I'm, I enjoyed is kind of coming as a career now. So that's cool. That's amazing. And that's how the way it should be. Yeah. So powerful. So people listening, if your school's having a prom, hit up a cube. <laughs> so you're at a karaoke bar. Yeah. What's your go-to song? I'm sure we've been to many karaoke bars together. What's your go-to song? <laughs> I think that'd be "So Sick of Love Songs" near. Oh. Yeah. Going back. Yeah. Nice. Tell us something most people don't know about you. Oh. Um. When I was a bit younger, I used to go to the Brick Pits, which is basically like just a big collection of rivers, and like I, I just found it quite calming. So I used to get a notebook and pen, take the dog for a walk and write a song next to like the pond. Wow. Nice. Very nice. And just like focus, just have your space. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. Very nice. What's your most effective daily habit? Ooh. Um, listening to something positive in the morning. Ah, explain. Um, I try to get to college in a positive state because it's quite a lot. It's like eight to eight, so you need to be able to have a positive attitude and take it throughout the whole day and just have a, a positive energy around everyone. So I try to listen to something um, positive in the morning and then on the way to college, I'll be listening to it. And then when I get there, I'm like ready to go. Nice. Can you give some examples of what people could listen to? Because I um, think it's so powerful. I used to listen to Eric Thomas quite a lot. You got a one as bad as you want to breathe. Then you're yeah, <laughs> yeah. The proper shouty ones. Um, I listen to your podcast. Whoop whoop. Um, uphill battle is a good one. Nice. And just um, positive videos that I find on YouTube. Like I literally just type in motivation, and then it'll come up with some 
Will Smith clip or something like that, and it'll just be mm. enough to get me in the mood for the day. Powerful, very important as well. And I like listening to "I Feel Good" every morning <laughs> as an alarm. That's how you should wake up. That's wicked. Yeah. What's your biggest distraction? Oh, maybe ideas. I guess. Okay. Because I, instead of just sticking to one plan. I'll have a plan, I think, well, can I do this as well? Can I do that as well? And then it'll get too much and then I won't do it. So I just need to <laughs> strip back kind of thing. Yeah, no, all very guilty of that. I get that. Yeah. Uh, a time machine is created. It can only take you backwards and can't bring you back, but you keep all the knowledge you have now. You're taken back to, we normally say your 18th, but <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll go further back. You're taken back to your 15th birthday. Okay. Knowing what you know now, what are the first three things you would do? Oh, I would learn an instrument, definitely. Nice. I would take up ballet at 15. Nice. And I'd start stretching a lot more as well, like physically. Okay. Simple, simple. Love that. Yeah. Uh, so we get what you do. We get how you've gone into, gone into it. Yeah. The question now is why? Why do you do what you do? Why? Because I feel like we're not put into this earth to just like pay bills and do something that makes you unhappy. Like I always see just like TV shows of um, um, adults that aren't happy that have got to go to the nine to five and come home to the kids where they're missing out time and stuff. And I just think you're putting all that effort into a job that's respected by loads, but you're not enjoying your life. You might be getting money, but your life enjoyment's not there. So if I'm doing something that I love from now and I'm getting enjoyment while I'm working, then I'll be happy while I'm back and I just have a, a lot happier life. Powerful, powerful. And for audience members who are listening and wanting to be where you are today, they want to get to performance, they want to be able to study musical theatre, you know, and, and get to that level of, of mastery in their craft. What are three little habits or three actions they could start now? Ooh, um... Start singing and get some songs together of what suits your voice and what you like. I'd say start. Oh, try and take them all. Try and yeah. I'd say start to try and take classes in things that you enjoy. Like I'd say especially dance classes that'd be really good to get into, like ballet and jazz to get your body used to that kind of movement. Nice. And I'd say read, so it can help you with your how you speak and how you come across and how you pick up things. That's quite important. Interesting. Nice. Nice. And finally, mm. you're still on stage in front of 10,000 young people. You're only allowed to give one piece of advice. What would it be? Ooh. <clears throat> okay. Why have a dream when you can make it into reality? Nice. Why, why have a dream when you can make it a reality? Awesome. And then the guys in suits just drag you off stage and get rid of you. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful. And, you know, before we let you go, thank you so much for your time. It's been... No problem. It's been wicked. Yeah, awesome to have you on the show. And before we let you go, how can our listeners get in contact with you? Uh, if you just add me on Facebook, um, Akeem Hyman, or you can follow me on Twitter, which is Akeem Hyman, or Hyman at gmail.com. Awesome. Oh, there's an email there. Guys, that's powerful. Gmail.com. That's powerful. <laughs> Honestly, if you've got questions, you can email directly. That is awesome. So make sure you take advantage of that. Um, and yeah, dude, thanks so much for coming to the show. 
absolutely no awesome and i have to absolutely salute you because i've been able to watch over the last 18 years <laughs> <laughs> um but seeing the growth in the last i'd say the last five years has been amazing of your focus where you've honestly just got up got on with it waking up gone jogging with, with the bin around you <laughs> doing insanity every morning yeah. p90x all those programs that so many people even myself have talked about doing but actually just doing it getting on with it and never complaining just and now you're reaping the rewards of that hard work so i have to salute you for that one thank you no problem at all and ladies and gentlemen this is a perfect example of if you just figure out your passion about and put that work in you can end up being you know your student rep at a place like performers college <laughs> so absolutely awesome ladies and gentlemen you can surround yourself with eagles or chickens. You spent time with the true eagle, Mr. Akeem Ellis Hyman. And myself, Thank you very much. Mal Hyman. And please continue to aim a little higher and we'll see you next time. Akeem, peace. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Aim a Little Higher podcast. You could have been anywhere in the world, this to any show. You chose to spend it with us on the Aim a Little Higher podcast, and I appreciate it. If you're someone who's sitting there listening to this podcast and been so impressed with the different personal brands we've had in the show, and you're thinking, how on earth do I build a brand? Where do I start? Get over to www.aimalittlehire.com and join the Aim a Little Higher tribe where you will receive a crash course in how to build your personal brand. See you on the other side. Peace.